Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. We host a show called High Spirits in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Noelle, what booze is sponsoring your performance this evening? Uh, I'm drinking Charles and Charles um, Red Blend. It's a Cabernet and Syrah. Charles and Charles. On a days and a nights. Charles and Charles gets me <laughs> drunk. That's all right. Yeah, that's yeah, I like that. That's okay. a reference to Charles and Charles. Yeah. And Scott Baio turned out to be crazy. Ugh, what? Just a total crazy. So disappointing. Terrible person. Chachi. Chached. What would Henry Winkler Charles say? Charles and Charles. Speaking of Charles and Charles, I am drinking all day IPA. Because <laughs> you could watch Charles and Charles all day. Yeah, if I were drinking IPA. I feel like I I used to. I actually enjoyed that show. Same. Yeah. And everybody there turned out just fine. Uh, um, there I was Nicole so. Eggert, who was on... Very pretty. She was on Baywatch. Baywatch. Willie Ames, I think. Didn't he get crazy and maybe die? Maybe. I don't think he died, but Nicole Eggert actually was on um, the rehab show on VH1. <laughs> That's a real rehab it's no, I know. Re- it's not you know what that. it's called? The Love Life Guy. What's his name? Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew's Rehab. That's what it is. That's not the name <laughs> oh of it. Oh, my God. Rehab I'm with Dr. Drew. not good with any of this. I love Dr. Drew. Do you? I hate him with the passion of the 10,000 little orphan <gasps> Annie wigs. Why? Because I'm going to eat these. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I've got I think when you're on the radio. Oh, good. I was like, I think you need to describe what it is you're eating instead of just telling I've got you. some uh, Chex Mix Bold and... A party, bold party blend. I'm sorry, I'm very hungry. Yeah, yeah, eat away. Um, I think that Dr. Drew does a disservice. Oh, he's not a good doctor. Oh, you just think he's like entertaining, I think he's entertaining and dreamy. Um, yeah, okay. All right. I used to really like Love Line. I did not. Well, you know why I don't? Because it's misogynistic and uh, yeah, and Adam Carolla can go as a D. Yeah, he's pretty terrible. One time, this is a very long time ago, but I um, was listening to the show. Somehow I had a car at the time, so this is how long ago it was. And somebody called in, and uh, it was a young man, and he was complaining about, he was having sex with this girl. Mm-hmm. I think they were both in high school. And he complained about her having a nipple hair. And Adam Carolla started laughing and making fun of all this stuff, and they were all boying out and having a good time. Only time Dr. Drew Pinsky made me happy when he was like, both of you need to stop. Yeah. Like, if this girl has taken the step to have intimacy with you, and if you care about her in any way, you will you will see that you talking this way is absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, clap, clap, clap. And that's what I liked about him is that he kind of like, yeah. Like, Adam Carolla is a, a disgusting human being. Yeah. But that was the whole, that was their shtick. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Except for, I mean... I'm not excusing it. Okay. I'm just saying, like, that's why people liked it because totally. Listen, I get it. Toxic masculinity is like an is a hilarious vehicle right. uh, to sell dumb shit. That's why Howard's turn is still on the air after all of these uh, years. That's why Man Cow, for God's sakes, has a fucking show. That guy, talk about the worst human being in the world. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, Man Cow. By the way, <laughs> Chicago Zone. <laughs> There was an Anthony Bourdain with Man Cow on it, yeah. and Man Cow took him to some Fakafka restaurant where they ate, like, it looked like eight hamburgers stacked into one, uh-huh. and he's like, yay, this is how everyone in Chicago eats, and I was like, false, 
I was like, Eric, because his name is Eric right. Miller, right? right? But I was like, Metcalf, shut up. Untrue. Yeah. Untrue. Not true. You're the worst. He's terrible. He's terrible. I don't like that guy. Yeah. I don't know. Should I mean, we just should we just keep it with uh, uh, Chicago radio personalities and talk about Eric of Eric and Kathy? Kathy no more. Kathy no more. What <laughs> happened to Kathy? <laughs> All of a sudden the billboards changed. And it's Kathy. just Eric with four people standing behind him. <laughs> Eric. You know, I miss all those billboards with them recreating. Um, uh, yeah, the when one was pink. <laughs> Green Day. <laughs> it was pretty clever. Kathy, are you okay? She's not. What happened to her? They dicked her out of her contract. Are you serious? Yeah, they put her like on a, they were like, uh, we're going to let you like kind of sit out your last six months of your contract and we'll talk about resigning. And Eric was like, you know who I don't want to share the radio with? Kath. Kathy. <laughs> Was she too old for the radio? I guess. Is that a thing? I guess. They can talk about her uh, breasticles anymore. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. I have actually never listened to them. Their billboards told me enough about what I need to tell. Oh, my God. I had a a roommate when I first moved to Chicago. uh, Yeah, a couple years in, who listened to Eric and Kathy every morning and, like, with full glee, not with irony, loved them. So they would blare they would uh, be very loud in our home. Yeah. The um and the, her role her role was this. I I'll tell you, Eric, you know what, Kathy, I'm not trying to diss you. You've been through it all. Um, but he really was the talent. He would mm-hmm. be the one who would, you know, be making misogynistic statements mm-hmm. and her role would be to go, <laughs> oh, oh Eric. Oh. Right, and like uh, you ever see a chick with like a with like a giant breast and and, and you're like, oh, I, I wonder who your doctor is, and literally. All she would do is, <laughs> Eric, <laughs> like as if yeah. she, her entire role is to quasi chastise him, but also uh, verbally establish boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. Even Mika puts Morning Joe in his place. Does she? She does. She's, I'm not a watcher. She, I, I don't watch on the regular, but occasionally I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, I think. I think oh, she was a little more silent early on, but now she like she kind of well because they're they're married they're engaged to yeah. be married yes correct um, <laughs> I don't know why uh, they it's very clear to me that she is the boss and she runs the show yeah her dad uh, was the what uh, chief of staff for Johnson yeah I want to say yeah she wrote a book about her dad probably she did. I mean, I'm not saying she did. I saw her on Kelly Ripa and somebody <laughs> once. <laughs> Kelly Ripa can't get a standard date. This was like the year that I stayed home with my daughter. And it's just the daytime. revolving door of the Kelly Ripa. Kelly co-host. and friend. Live <laughs> <laughs> with Kelly and somebody. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're not just here to talk about uh, Chicago radio and or morning television. We're here to talk about ghosts. <laughs> well, you are? Well, yeah, no, it's true. Hey. I was just here for the Chex Mix and wine. Yeah. I'll stop uh-huh. eating now. And Scott Baio. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's seven minutes in. We're off the rails. <laughs> I mean, let's just see. If we can can we keep in. going? Yeah. Let's. I. You know what? We. Hey. According to fans, we've done worse. <laughs> <laughs> when I say fans, it's lowercase and it doesn't have an S. <laughs> According to fan, According we have done worse. According to fan, we know who you are. Yeah. Hi, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Ensley, friend of the show. Megan, don't walk into a wall while you're saying hi back to us. 
We miss you. Okay, so shall I talk about my ghosts? I wish you would. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm going to talk about the ghost of Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, yeah. Hopping across the pond. Yes, we are. We're hooping. We are so international now. We are international. We've done Denmark. Yeah. Uh, Scotland. We've done the England people. <laughs> we've like we've at least referenced David Bowie and sung Elton John, so we are international. We, <laughs> we did some Asian stuff. Yeah. Look at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cultured. Uh-huh. Don't look me in the eye. It makes me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're sitting across the table. We never do this. I know. We need like a, a some sort of screen. It's like we're actually having a conversation. It's, gross. it's so weird. I know. I feel like we need one of those prison screens. <laughs> and then I just be no, like, don't putting my put hand out. Yeah, put your hand down. <laughs> I feel like that was just a very sweaty window touch. Ew. Hey guys, is it because I need a manicure? Because it's pretty bad. Oh no, I can tell. I thought you were doing that on purpose. This <laughs> the other way. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were doing that on purpose. No, this is absolutely not on purpose. It's just I haven't taken the time to get rid of it. Oh, well, sometimes you do things that are like urban decay. That feel... <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. I'm starting something. Right? Like, it's purposefully, you're like... No, I would never want and my I mean, nails... Like, honestly, I mean, this is a compliment, but like, like sometimes for you, because you're like fashion forward and aggressive. Thank like, you. I'm like, is that ugly or pretty? <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, yes. Which is a high compliment. I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank so you. I thought your nails were kind of like... Gone. No, no, I just need to do something about it. Well, from a distance, chips in the right places. From a distance. <laughs> that Midler, that international singing sensation. <laughs> Currently starring in Hello, Dolly! on Broadway. That's right. Broadway? Broadway. <laughs> we are, um, this is not going well. No, nope, we are screwing this up. Sorry, Megan. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> so today I'm doing the Ghost of Edinburgh. Um, for all of you who don't know, um, Edinburgh is uh, the capital city of Scotland. Oh, mm-hmm. Scotland over there in the UK. Um, some of you might be wondering about its population. It's about five hundred thousand peeps. That's small. It is pretty small. Yeah, it's a gorgeous city. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's that small. I've never been. Uh huh. Uh, I have, so ask me anything. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, here's one of the cooler things I found out about Edinburgh. I actually didn't realize this. Uh, it was founded around 8500 BC. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. People were not, we weren't here then. Okay. The earth. Nothing. I know. But yeah, from, um. Whoa. Uh, yeah. That predates the earth. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, 8,500 BC. Wow. Um, the Romans arrived in Scotland, um, you know, when they were doing their mass imperialism of mm-hmm. um, Western civilization. They themselves got to Scotland in the first century AD. Okay. So they were there. Um, and then, of course, we know them best from, um, you know, being part of the... Uh, British Empire starting yes in and around well they were in and out with um, uh, Britain for a long time okay I would actually say Scotland is part of Britain but I would say like England in general mm-hmm. uh, lots of wars and lots of reasons for them to fight right well there was a lot of land to fight over yeah and you had the whole uh, Queen Elizabeth Mary Queen of Scots right. kind, of, kind of deal going on so. power struggles 
There was some power struggles, mm-hmm. also some religious contention. Listen, they were new to the earth and the world. Stop. They were trying to figure out. Charles in charge <laughs> of my days and my nights. How does this crazy thing work? <laughs> a man is a babysitter? Can't be done. What? Things will get crazy. Bunny has a sister named Bunny? Oh, yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so I'm going to take you around um, some of these really fun uh-huh. Places in Edinburgh. Okay. I'm excited. But first, I'm going to drink my pint glass. How is it? Pinty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All day. I'm t- only talking about the, the glass. Um, one of the places I want to take you to first, just for funsies, I kind of, in my mind, have these categorized. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I want to take you to the Banshee Labyrinth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, for you guys who don't maybe necessarily know what a Banshee is, um, Banshee is a female ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you often hear the phrasing like wailing like a Banshee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banshee is a female ghost that will like whoosh on up to you, scream in your mofo and face mm-hmm. and leave. Yes. It's a screaming ghost. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about a Banshee that, that one should know, it's not the Banshee that should freak you out. It's what, it's what the Banshee means. Right. So if you're ever visited by a banshee, it means that someone in your family is either going to die or has or died. died. Death. It also <laughs> means that you could die too, right? Or is it somebody related to you? You know, that is a really great question. I don't know. I always I thought, thought it was a familiar okay. or familial thing. Okay. But I suppose I suppose a banshee could, could warn of your death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? All right. Bring it. Let's change the rules. So, um... Uh, the Banshee Labyrinth is partially located within some of the city's many underground vaults, and the Banshee uh, Labyrinth is an uppercase scenario. It's a proper noun. It's Scotland's most haunted pub. Oh, it's a pub. It's not actually a labyrinth. It, yes, it is a it is a pub, but it is in one of the uh, city's underground vaults. So, the way that uh, a lot of Edinburgh works is that you have the over city and the under city. Mm-hmm. When you get to the back or to the end, is David David Bowie waiting for you? With a giant cod piece. And a really large baby. <laughs> that baby is so big. So big. And you're like Jen- Jennifer Connelly, like so overwhelmed. You're not sure if you're acting or you're modeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer to all those things is yes. She's definitely the weak link of that movie. Well, you know, her jeans were weird. She definitely wore weird jeans. <laughs> I know. How were you supposed to act in a film like that if you have weird jeans? Understood. Yeah, I mean. She's like, I'm talking to puppets half the time. I don't even know what's going on. The other half of the time, I'm talking to myself. I mean, I have a good body, but for some reason, the top of my jeans goes to the bottom of my bosom. It It, was the 80s. It just didn't make any sense. I know. Okay. Well, um. (laughs) I love that movie. So, um. Uh, oh, so this uh, Scotland's most haunted pub apparently is occupied by several banshees. Ooh. Yeah, so, um, which is why it's called the Banshee um, Labyrinth. They have this uh, tradition of ghostly women coming in and uh, 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 giving out blood-curdling screams. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So, what if... This is just a place where they hang out, and there's no ill will intended 
if you're seeing like this is their local pub wouldn't that be great and then it's like you see them all the time and you're like who's dying who's dead but really they're like no I'm just here for a pint I like where you are with that because yeah. can a band should get a downtime I mean right <laughs> Everybody you, needs a weekend. Just a little downtime. Yeah. Hey, hey listen, we're just we're just five gal pal ghosts. <laughs> just and someone's like poking you on the back, like, are you here to tell me about my family? I'm like, no, I'm just and like just want a pint dude. <laughs> They're all like sitting with their heads down. Now they grasped. So Rose is going to die. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> oh. All right, so <laughs> apparently in the Banshee Labyrinth, um, uh, there are occurrences of drinks flying off tables, uh, drinks smashing into the walls, and um, uh, yeah, it's I, I wrote this down. Don't know, um, but usually on the weekly there is a uh, banshee announcing the death of a family member. On the week? On the week. Oh man! You know it could be an old man bar though. There's only five hundred thousand people there, right? They're all dying. At a certain point, though, you know, you like the a demographic of a bar will sort of increase your bans your banshee. Yeah, true. Occasion. True. You know, if it's like a hip little twenties bar, it's like no one's getting the banshee call. Yeah, <laughs> but, I gotcha. You know, Parrot's Bar and Grill on Halstead in Wellington. Oh, that's getting the banshee. That's call getting the sure. banshee call for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring the show, Parrot's Bar and Grill. <laughs> I bet we could get them to sponsor us. I bet we could. Oh. Okay. Grant, we're coming for you. Hi, Grant. <laughs> Friend of the show. Uh, our next bar we're going to is called the White Heart Inn. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's claimed to be Central Edinburgh's oldest pub. It dates back to 1516. Um, and uh, basically, with those 500 years of history, it sort of makes sense that mm-hmm. it would have um, a lot of at least resonant energy mm-hmm. in it. Um it is back to fifteen sixteen, and, and in case um, I know all of you know about Scotland, so I hate to talk down to you. It must be so hurtful. But <laughs> this, I don't talk to me like I'm a child. Well, um, we know that the Black Plague went through um, Edinburgh in sixteen forty five. So considering that this um, mm-hmm. uh, pub predates the Black Plague by a hundred and fifty years or so. Um, it, there, there's a lot of opportunity for ghosts is, is what I'm saying. Okay. Know what I mean? I hear ya. Um, so, uh, around the White Heart Inn, um, there are shadowy forms, unexplained bangs, um, and slamming doors. Um, apparently people who work there, go there, visit there, are terrified of it. But they continue to go because they think, um, probably they're like me. They think it's weird enough and, and cool enough to be something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. So if you are in central Edinburgh, please go to the White Heart Inn. Done. Um, also, it's not heart as in H-E-A-R-T. It's H-A-R-T. Okay. Yeah. So, so the hearts who are white family. Yes. Own. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to bring up um, drinking first because this is a drinking show after all. So I just thought it'd be fun for our listeners in the Scotland mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, people are planning to visit to put Banshee Labyrinth and the White Heart Inn on their list. Yes. Go there. Report back. Chal, um, in the center of Edinburgh is something called the Royal Mile. Uh, and there is a uh, ghostly death coach. Okay. That parades through there. 
<laughs> for for you regular folk like me, that's parade. Parade. <laughs> why? But like, why parade when you can parade? Parade. With your nice. dressage. Oh my god. Boop boop. Horse dancing. Yeah, you're really doing it. <laughs> that's how they dance. It's the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just sort kicking. of looks like you are using marionettes. Mm-hmm. 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 This desk, uh, death coach is um, uh, traveling around the city, collecting the souls of the departed. Ooh. Yeah. What does what does one do with the souls of the departed? I have no idea. Okay. I think that's creepy. It's a just um, keeps them in a sack. Takes them somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's to me. Uh, to me, it sounds like it takes him to hell. Oh. I think this is an old one. Ooh. But, um, so there's no coachman. Okay. Um, but the coach is driven by, um, or drawn by black horses um, with glowing eyes. Oh, yeah, that's definitely hell. Yeah, it, it, that doesn't feel like a good yeah. coach. No. <laughs> that's, that's like when you're hailing a cab and you see one of the weird ones um, that's about to pull over for you and you just put your hand down. And Buster Poindexter is in the, in the front seat driving and you're like, wait a minute, what Buster Poindexter, what's movie happening? are you referencing? <laughs> Scrooged. Oh. He's one of the ghosts. Buster Poindexter? Oh. What ghost? He's uh, the ghost of Christmas past oh you know what i was thinking or present is he present he's uh, uh i thought you were talking about buster keaton no buster poindexter uh the lead singer of the new york dolls yep and david johansson i remember now yeah sorry it's that's why i got so it's his real name i got so lost on that yeah um now so the death coach picks up souls in and of itself but also if one sees the death coach riding along the Royal Mile. Um, it basically means there's Im- imminent disaster headed for the city. Oh, no. Yeah. Here's the thing I Flooding. like. They're an island. Maybe. No, they're attached. Are they? Yep. Well. I mean, England and Scotland are an island together. Yeah, so I was not totally wrong. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're there. You're in. Thank you. Yep. Um... But going to the death coach, going back to the Banshee Labyrinth, I love the idea that, like, like in Scotland, you get a little bit of a warning shot. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I feel like there's hair on my face, which is why I keep, like, weirdly... There's so much hair on your Touching face. my nose, because I feel like there's, like... <laughs> you look like Robert Downey Jr. in fur. <laughs> Thank you. We're just going to keep making the most fucked up references. <laughs> That's what I've been aspiring to look like. <laughs> but, like, with the Banshee, it's like, it's like maybe... Like, that's not for you to die, but some ghost comes up and they're like, ah. And in this one, um, the death coach may not be coming for you. It's just telling you your city might be in trouble. That's a lot of warnings. Those are little warning shots. Yeah. I wonder what's behind all that. Um, fear of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to talk about a place um, that actually, uh, it's called uh, Mary King's Close. Okay. It's Mary King's. So it's her name, Mary King. With an apostrophe, it belongs to her. Mary King's clothes. Okay. So, um, this is actually um, I've I've been here and it's awful. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Um, uh, it is. Well, I'll just talk about it. it. It's not for the light of heart. I know I've been very lighthearted <laughs> thus far, but this is the one that um, actually going to Edinburgh really left me. It haunted me. It, oh, it stayed okay. with me. It, it feels real bad. Mm-hmm. 
as I mentioned before, in 1645, the uh, Black Plague was um, killing thousands and thousands of people. Um, in fact, uh, a quarter of uh, the city of Edinburgh at that point um, was uh, killed. Okay. Death was so common um, that it was often hard to even remove mm-hmm. the dead. Oh. Um, and we know now, of course, the death plague was incredibly communicable. So you might have somebody in your house who's suffering, who's really sick, and your inclination is to take care of them, but they're going to right. basically murder you with their bubonic plague. All right. The bubons. The bubons. So this um, uh, uh, is another instance of the vaults, which is part of the underground city. Okay. They kind of talked about mm-hmm. um, that they... Um, it was an area of uh, poor people. We got shops, lots of lots of tenements, lots of poor people mm-hmm. living in this um, um, very populated, very small quarter of okay. the city. Um, in a well, all right. So tenants already lived down there without proper sewage. Um, uh, uh, Sewage and waste were dumped into the streets. Rats ran wild. We know now that rats uh, carried fleas, and fleas gave us the plague. Right. Um, the quarters were incredibly tight down in Mary Mary King's clothes, and the disease was particularly devastating down there. So, this is what I keep waiting to tell you because I hate it so much. On either side of the entrance into Mary King's clothes the city walled either side up. So the people could not get out. Oh. So no one could get in and no one could get out. Oh my God. And they did it with um, the idea that um, it was preventative and it might've been helpful to the city. The problem is, is that um, people were alive. Mm-hmm. So many people were alive. Yeah. And they couldn't then leave and they suffered and they lived in absolute agonizing pain if not through getting the bubonic plague, then from starvation or any other right. horrible thing that would happen if you were uh, basically uh, bricked into a part of your town. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's really fucking disgusting. That's it's so really cruel. awful. Um, I actually was reading on the internet. Um, I've known this story for a really long time, and I was reading on the internet uh, in several different places um, that they uh, are trying to backtrack this story. Change history? They're trying to change history. They. Oh. I read an article that said... That's an American thing. They need to stop that. I know. Stop taking from us. <laughs> I mean, my God. That's our thing. That's our thing. We change history. Yeah, so... No, you cannot do that. Yes, I've heard this story so many times, and no. basically the story was, no, that's not how it went. They sent in plague doctors, and the plague doctors tried to help, and all this stuff, and um, to me, that sounds like... Um, we did our best with the Eastland. Like, it just doesn't. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't add up to the cruelty of the times. Oh, my God. That's I horrible. mean, we have to remember, too, it's 1645. Right. I mean. Well, and in, 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 in their minds, too, not that I'm condoning any of this, but they probably were looking at it as this is for the greater good. Of course they were. And that's, you know, this is the best we can do. We can't beat this. You know, and it, beat probably, this illness. it probably was. Right, because I walked through Mary's uh, Mary King's clothes, and I um, I know sometimes on the show I come off as a bit of a dick (laughs) or a bit of an unbeliever, 
not non-believer. I when I walk through everything in my body. Yeah. Everything in my body just it felt like um my hair was standing on end, my my skin was crawling, my neurons were weaving out of my um out of my body. You just you you've never felt anything that terrible. Yeah. Did did you say how many people were affected by that? Do um, they have a count? I don't have a count. Um, so this, what my understanding is, the original count before they figured out um, that it was communicable and all these people were because of their close quarters and because of their unsanitary living might catch it, that after 300 victims... Uh, were claimed or were dying, they entombed the alive and 600 additional people died. Oh, God. Um, again, I don't want to rewrite history the way that some of these people are. The Many of those people are probably bound to die anyway. For sure. For sure. But it is. Well, and and, and again, like, it's, it's one of those things, too, where this plague was so horrible and nasty and they really had no way to treat it. So anybody who was treating the, the afflicted was going to get it. And so it's, I mean, it's such a catch 22, right? There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And it's like when we talk about typhoid and dysentery and all those things. It's so miserable. It's so awful. And I hate, I hate that. Oftentimes the solutions are worse. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to think. It's a huge conundrum. It's ethical. It's it's, it's like this ethical conundrum that we're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's miserable. And I, I hate, I can't even imagine the position that the people of power were put into, like to make that decision. Yeah. That's unbelievable and awful. So they actually reopened Mary King's cross. Uh, Can I ask another question? You may. What did they do? So, or maybe this is what you're about to say, like, because they had to then dispose of all of those bodies. I, you know what? I don't know what they did. They must have done something. Um, I didn't know if there was like a mass grave or there should be, I don't know. I would imagine in one of the cemeteries they took, yeah. they took everybody. Uh, so I actually, that's a good question. I will, you know what? Let's mark that. Cause I need to follow up. On yeah. That. I need to know for my own. Well, because I'm sure like it's families. It's yeah. like, well, it was like it's, shops and it was a tenement area down there. Right. So, so it's like, yeah, it's like entire families. It's, it's neighbors. It's, you know, like a community. It's yeah. It, it actually was forgotten. Um, people f- totally forgot it was there and it was found in, um, uh, the late 1900s. People didn't even know that that whole thing. Well, because they erased history. Right. Well, <laughs> workmen were digging. On the street above, they actually punched down, and they punched down mm-hmm. into the winding streets, and they found uh, Mary King's clothes. Wow. Um, nowadays, it's a popular tour site. Wait, so did they build over it? It was always underground. Like, it always oh. had a vault situation. Okay, you said so that. There's, I'm sorry. there's a sort of um, interesting thing, kind of like Seattle, kind of like Portland, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, some of the things that we've talked about on this show. Uh, when I talk about vaults in Scotland, we're going to talk about vaults again. I've already talked about... Uh, right. Um, a lot area. Oftentimes, um, uh, poor people would live underground mm-hmm. in apartments. Mole people. No. Because <laughs> they're mole people. No. But rather than like, like think about New York City had the big tenements above ground. Right. Where everybody lived all together. Right. In, rather than being, that being above ground, that was under mm-hmm. the road. A natural cooling system down there. Sure. Well, they had, they had the tunneling system. So. Yeah. Because they were mole people. They were not mole people. They were... <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. There are people who um, I'll just, should not have died the way they did. I'll just be over here trolling you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, again, now it's now it's a really popular tour site. Actually, there's a lot of um, guided tours that go through there, which mm-hmm. is how I got through there. Um, there's historical reenactors, and of course, there are ghost tours that go through there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, if you're ever in Edinburgh, take. By the way, if you're in Edinburgh, take the ghost tour. It will blow your mind. Um, but there is a uh, uh, room. Uh, one of the most famous ghosts who lives there uh, is Annie. Um, she was a 10-year-old girl. Um, she died of the plague. She, was she an orphan? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I <laughs> Listen, I would imagine so. Um, Vases. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that... Has no, a much bleaker ending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. If she, if she lived through the plague, she was probably an orphan. Um, but... Uh, Believers um, who, or, or, you know, people have reported that there have been changes to uh, temperature and strange feelings when they go into her room. They feel they, they sense her presence. And um, people feel so moved by this presence of this uh, uh, ghost girl named Annie, they actually leave her um, uh, toys, dolls, and candy. Oh. Yeah. So there's yeah. like a little... A little shrine to her. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this. I when I saw that, it bothered me more than it soothed me. Well, it's it's very upsetting, and I mean, I um, we're experiencing some unseasonably warm weather in Chicago, uh, so I went for a long walk yesterday, and my long walks usually consist of me walking through Rose Hill Cemetery because I live very mm-hmm. close to it, um, and. It is always very upsetting to me when I see the child graves. Yeah. Um, and there are a few there where they have pictures of the kids. Yeah. Because that's kind of the new thing to do on gravestones. And that's that hurts me more because now yeah. you're, like, putting a face to – it's. I mean, the, the years alone suck. Oh, yeah. But, like, now that you see this portrait of this child – and then there's like a stuffed animal next to it, yeah. a balloon, and it's like it's just heartbreaking to it know. Is. It's it's just I mean, death in general is always hard, but like to know that this person didn't have a life, yeah, is very it's it sucks. There's that um that Saint Boniface uh, Cemetery near me yeah. where they I, I I think not on not with our um, ghost people, but with our friends. Mm-hmm. I've shared pictures of of that. Uh, girl statue yes. that constantly gets presents and gets Barbies and gets yes. things for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, it, it just, it's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. There's something psychological about it. I think this is just a me thing. Um, I think you'll find when you talk to me, I, I have less fear of, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm going to put it that way. But I do, I, I have a very, here's where I get creeped out where there's some sort of like human being reaching out with a toy to this other plane that this ghost may or may not live on. And the fact that that, that that object might have some transference and it could be played with. There's something that just seems so. It's very sad, sad and strange and filled with energy. It goes back to the crying boy at Disneyland. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, it's so incomplete. Yeah, it's like 
And also, like, why do you think she wants that? And maybe she does, but it's also like, what if she can't have that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a really she good can't point. have. Maybe she can't have candy. Why are you leaving her candy? It's almost cruel in a way. Where yeah. It's like I can't. She can't have these things. Or even if she. But then the other side, the flip side is, if she can have it, it's like she's got this lonely ball to play with. Yeah. Right. And like, like just, for the feels... rest of eternity. And this is it. And it's like, she'll never have an opportunity to grow up and experience life. Like, it's great that people are thoughtful and they want to do Agreed. these things. And I, and I, and I love that, but there's some, there's something very, very sad about all of yeah, it. Yeah. Those are the things that make me want to cry. Yeah. Like, I hear you. throw on some Tori Amos and just cry. Um, <laughs> honestly, because I find it like, I, yeah. I, I look at that mm-hmm. attempt like this and I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to call it futile because I understand that like, I, I know what it's like to be in mourning. I've seen people in mourning. I've been in mourning, but like to see someone make such a concerted effort right. to bring somebody who has passed on to something else, whatever it is, something earthly breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. It just bothers me. So let me tell you this. Yes. This might make you feel a little better. I hope. Um, I uh, am freaking Noelle. I have tears in my eyes. No, 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 no. I mean, it's very sad, but like my, so, um, I have a five-year-old and she is very fascinated by cemeteries, but also kind of creeped out about by them. And we've been talking about it a lot. And she's actually brought up to me how nice she thinks it is when she sees flowers and balloons there and how important that is because she recognizes that people are honoring, Mm -hmm. Uh, those who have passed on and it's really important to her to the point where I was telling you this earlier. Um, we just like, a, she and I just kind of bounced into Rosal very quickly earlier today um, because she just wanted to go in and it's, it's a big deal it's to her. Beautiful. And when I was a kid, my grandmother used to take us, take me to our local cemetery. And for me, it was a history lesson. It was like learning who my relatives were and my ancestors were because they're all buried there and so I've talked to her about that and she wants to kind of have a similar experience and she understands that it's about honoring the dead which is awesome um she was more concerned about the gravestones that didn't have yeah flowers and balloons on them and then it's explaining well it's winter and um and also some you know some of these folks died a really really long time ago yeah but for her like the innocence of like being a five-year-old is like, that's a really nice way to honor and memorialize somebody for sure. So to add that spin on it. Yeah, no. And I think that's very beautiful. And I will also say, um, and not in a dickish way that I, I, I mean, given that your daughter is a brilliant genius, I do think that adults well, off she is. <laughs> I think that adults often have this, especially when it comes to paying the emotional capacity of a five-year-old yeah. wherein they forget that this person is gone. Mm-hmm. And so balloon or not, sad or not, right? that's not the solution. Right. I don't know how to explain that. No, but, no, no. Yeah. But I do think it's really beautiful. And you know me. I spent so much time in cemeteries. Not because I'm fucking weird. Well, I don't know. But every every place I've ever been, I go to, the, I go to their cemetery. And but I, I think it's a good history lesson. And it's I think an amazing it's, history and lesson. And I, and I think, like, that's what I take out of it. And that's what I've always taken from it is that, like, it's educational. and Ugh, Incredibly educational. And it's... You think about, like, I think a lot of times, and this and this is coming from me, like, to be completely honest, like, I have a really hard time uh, visiting my grandfather's grave 
which is right down the street from my parents' house, because it's a little too real to me. But I love walking through cemeteries and looking at other gravestones uh-huh. and learning about people or just kind of seeing, like, the epitaphs and, like, what people have said and um, just how it's also, like, gravestones have evolved over time, too, and, like, how elaborate and crazy oh. they are now, too. Um, well, generationally, I mean, uh, we should do an episode on this. Just, like, if you when you walk through a cemetery, you can see where, where people are aesthetically. Yes, yes, yeah, compared to – well, and I did that today with, like, a mausoleum. I was mm-hmm. like, this is a symbol of somebody who had money. And I'm sure if you go inside, there are very nice things inside. And well, you know that German tree. Yes, that's everywhere. That's that's from a uh, union. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. walking around for hours in St. Boniface and seeing the exact same gravestone over and over and over and over. And I was completely like, "What is this?" Right. And I had to do the research, and it really it was this kind of cool thing. This German mm-hmm. uh, union brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you paid your dues, you, you drank your beer, you went to the Donk House, which is on Western, you, yep. you did all these things, and when you died, they gave you a gravestone, yep. and those gravestones were mass-produced, and they're great. Mm-hmm. They're trees, they have a nice, uh, uh, like a, what's it, like a scroll with yeah, a German a like, yeah. thing on it, mm-hmm. and, um, but it's fascinating. I mean, it's really will, cool. You will see hundreds of those, mm-hmm. but yeah, in, in, before before I knew about it in my untrained mind, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. There, there are a couple in like my hometown cemetery too. Uh And I think it was a separate, like, but similar concept. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's not creepy at all. Like it's important. And I, and I, I think a lot of times my point was like, people get buried and you know, I'm, I'm of the belief that you're dead, you're dead. Like, I don't know what happens next and we're not going to go into that, but it's still nice to go in and like remember this person and honor them in a certain Mm -hmm. way. And I think a lot of times like that just doesn't happen. So I think it's really nice. Like even if you have no connection, you're still going, you're like taking the time to honor that person, look at their gravestone, like take a note, like, all right, that was this guy and moving on. My great aunt Helen would always take me to Graceland. Yeah. Uh, because that's where my people are. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, like, uh, just real fast. Just to be, just to. Uh, not Elvis's. Not Elvis's Graceland. <laughs> so, but if you're in Chicago and you haven't visited a cemetery recently, please go to Graceland, go to Rose Hill, or uh, uh, Bohemian National. Bohemian, yeah. Those are some really good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I took up a lot of your time. Oh, my God. It's fine. We're going back to Scotland, everybody. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> we were finished with the Black Plague. I'll just be over here eating Chex Mix. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part earlier, we're like, I'm going to eat this, which really could have been anything. Um, we're going to go to the Nidri Street Vaults. Mm-hmm. N-I-D-D-R-Y. Nidri. The vaults uh, were first opened in the 18, 18th century. Um, Edinburgh, at this point, was in a, a period of unprecedented growth. Uh, the vaults were initially intended to be um, taverns um, and uh, other other businesses and apartments. Um, you know me, I love unsavory things, which is why I like the Nidra Street vaults. Uh, things began to go awry uh, in 1795. Um, and so what happened is there was a flood uh, and the original up and up businesses mm-hmm. went away and mm-hmm. 
All the hookers came in. Oh play. no! Yes. So they became houses of ill repute. Yes, vaults of ill repute. Vaults of ill. So yes, Nidri Street uh, best practices uh, prior to the flood. Flood happened, and we got gambling houses and brothels and all sorts mm-hmm. of all sorts of the things that I find exciting. Dancing ladies, quite frankly. <laughs> prior to that, they were cobblers. Absolutely not. Bring me a brothel. Tons any of day. elves running around fixing shoes. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, here's some foreshadowing. Um, so anyway, uh, during this time, of course, when there were brothels and gambling houses, we, we know along with that comes, um, uh, society's systemic problems. So a lot of the poor lived, lived Mm -hmm. there, took up residence in the vaults. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of homeless people. There were actually, uh, uh, the notorious serial killers, uh, Burke and Hare uh, would haunt the vaults and uh, find their victims there. Okay. I'm not familiar with them. Well, just you wait. Oh. Just me. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to come back to that in just a moment. Uh, but let's talk about um, Borthwick Castle. Okay. Um, B-O-R-T-H-W-I-C-K, Borthwick Castle. Um, it was built in the 1430s. It uh, was a giant castle um, designed so that uh, it could oversee large areas of land um, and that it could also launch attacks from the inside. Uh, our best pally pal, Mary Queen of Scots, lived there. Yes. Yeah. I know her. Uh-huh. Mary Sock Sanctuary uh, at Borthwick um, in 1567. Um there was a moment when she learned that the uh, that they were coming under attack. There were a thousand men who surrounded the castle, but our Mary escaped. She escaped through a window dressed as a page boy. So good, right? She's so smart. She's so smart. Uh, people say that Mary Queen of Scots uh, haunts the castle. She has been seen to be wandering the walls. Um, people report disembodied voices, clicking and banging noises, light anomalies, and apparitions. Okay. There's two other ghosts <clears throat> at, uh, are there two? Oh yeah, there are two. There's two <laughs> other ghosts at Borthic. Um, uh, there was a young servant girl who bore an illegitimate, uh, Borthic, uh, son. Of course. Yep. I'm saying Borthic uh, because usually that W is silent, just in case you're thinking about the spelling of it. So it's B-O-R-T-H-W-I-C-K. Oh, Borthwick. But yeah, but usually it's... Says who? The Scots? Well, usually that's the pronunciation. Borthwick. It's like if you look at Leicester Square, it's actually spelled Leicester Square. Right. So... um, I like to say Leicester... I don't like that you say that. I don't have it right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is awful. Uh, Those fuckers murdered the mother and the baby. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a sword. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm pronouncing my W's. Yeah, they sorted them. They knifed them. They sorted them. We killed them. That's horrible. Uh Uh-huh. And then there was another point where the Wait, birth is... was the baby birthed? Yeah. Oh. oh. It's still... I mean, I mean yeah. Either way, it's terrible. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing, dude, but... 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, at one point, the Borthics discovered uh, one of their chancers was embezzling money from them. Um, so they punished him. By swording him? No, they burned him to death. Nope. Yep, nope. set him upon oh. fire. So here's the deal. Most visitors... So they're terrible people is what you're saying. They're terrible people. Okay. So most visitors, when <laughs> they visit the castle, they feel bad. <laughs> you don't... Is, you don't say. Do they, do they still have lineage? Or have uh, they died off? I, you know, I'm not sure. I didn't dig deeper into them. I let, I let them go. I was disgusted by them. Edinburgh Castle is our next site. Uh, the site on which Edinburgh Castle is built predates the time of Jesus. Whoa. Yeah. Um, it is gorgeous. Go there when you're there. It's okay. Good. Absolutely mind-blowing. It's beautiful and incredible. Um, because of its long history, it has honestly been the scene of hundreds of gruesome battles. Um, there are so many spirits uh, to be said to be here um, because of the soldiers mm-hmm. uh, and because of the prisoners. So um, people have reported seeing um, or encountering miserable ghosts. They um, see both French and English speaking ghosts that are lamenting their own deaths oh. and often see them in their, um, in their state of wasting away. Okay. Like they might see them out of the corner of their eye and see like an extremely malnourished, kind of gross. Yeah. Phantasm that's basically like saying like help, oh. and then they go away, which sucks. That sucks. They're not even mean ghosts anymore. They're just like they're just in pain and like, like God damn so it. So they're like reliving their death state. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Some people say they've encountered musical ghosts. Um, (laughs) These are actually also army ghosts. Um, But they encounter uh, pipers. uh, There's a phantom piper and a headless drummer. Yeah. (laughs) Wish I could hear my cadence. Don't have any ears. Don't have any ears. Um, But yeah, the musicians apparently um, play their instruments with the same gusto. (laughs) So I immediately went to, when you said musical ghosts that were military, I immediately thought of Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby from White Christmas, uh, who were um, entertainers in the army. Mm-hmm. Remember, we'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go. Wherever he wants to go. Oh yeah. Do I even know that movie? Oh man. Oh man. I would love to see. Should we like, go to Vermont? <laughs> snow, snow, <laughs> snow. Uh, I would. I would watch that ghost show all day long. The the USO version. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's go to Dalhousie Castle. Okay. Um, D-A-L-H-O-U-S-I-E Castle. Um, Dalhousie dates all the way back to the 13th century. Um, Lady Catherine is known as the Grey Lady, and she is seen among the turrets and the dungeons of the castle. I know her. Yeah. Okay. Poor damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sir Alexander Ramsay mm-hmm. uh, was somebody who was starved to death in 1342 oh. by William Douglas. Why? Why was he starved to death? Because people were terrible to each other. The, I mean, that's got to be like the worst one of the, I mean, it's not the worst, but it's up there. Yeah. It's miserable. Well, he has been seen roaming the halls and grounds since. Ugh. 
We're almost done with castles. Is he still starving? Is he in search of I mean, food? I don't think there's a lot of food on the other side. <laughs> He's just looking for a loaf of bread. It looks like Harry Potter land. It's just like, suddenly the food comes up and you're like, oh. Like, please, just some water. Oh, man. Oh, that's awful. Let's go to Darley House. Okay. Darley House is in the uh, area of Edinburgh near the famous Haymarket. Mm-hmm. Um, this... <laughs> This house is believed to be haunted by Johnny One-Arm. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the story goes that Johnny One-Arm's real name was John Cheesley. Okay. An Edinburgh citizen um, who lived around the, uh, in the 1600s. Now, legend was that he was ordered to pay a substantial amount of alimony to his ex-wife after their divorce. Now, divorce, you have to remember, this is the 1600s. Oh. Divorce is a big fucking deal. Yeah, you get excommunicated from right? the church. It is a big fuakin deal. You don't do it. Okay. So, um, he was uh, angered by this decision. And he was also unwilling to pay the money. So, he just, like, freaked out and <coughs> murdered the magistrate who gave the order. No! Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Warner did this. At this point, not Johnny Warner. Johnny Tewars. Johnny Tewars. <laughs> Oh man! So here's what happened. He wigged and he murdered this guy, and soon he was captured. They tortured him, and they cut his right arm off. No. Yeah, they were like, "Oh no, sir! You can't just do that." Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna take your arm. Like, oh, my name's Johnny One Arm. <laughs> Formerly Johnny Two Arms. Oh man, he was hanged, and his body uh, was left. On the gallows. So wait, they cut off his arm first, and yeah. then they hung him? Yeah. Medieval torture, man. Although this was not medieval. Yeah, but not too It far was, like, away. at the edge. Yeah. Um, Age of Enlightenment. Uh, Northern Renaissance, but still. Still rough. I mean, we're still rough-ass people. Let's not forget that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like, can't get it together. First of all, they still have uh, the death penalty, but they can't get together to not have somebody suffer with lethal injection for eight hours. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, his body, Johnny One Arm's body disappeared. Many believed it was taken uh, by his friends. Uh, <laughs> but shortly after, a one armed ghost began to emerge. So people just think that ghost jumped on down off that gallows and started <laughs> walking the earth. In 1965, a 300-year-old skeleton with only one arm was found beneath the Darley house. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of fun. What happened to the other arm? <laughs> they fed it to the dogs? No idea. <laughs> ah. Okay, we're going to talk about Greyfriars Kirkyard. Um... Now, Greyfriars Kirkyard is a cemetery. Okay. I'm gonna talk. About, I'm gonna uh, talk about a total fucking asshole right now. Okay. His name was George Mackenzie. Okay. He's the most famous ghost of Greyfriars Kirkyard. Um, the reason why he was famous is because he's responsible for the death of thousands of uh, Covenanters. Covenanters. I'm sorry. Okay. It's a hard word for me to say. Covenanters. It's a religious ID. It's a religious idea. Okay. Um, so I had to look up Covenanters. And so here's just a little quick history because I actually did not know what the fuck this is. Um, the Covenanters are so named for the series of bands or covenants by which the adherents bound themselves to maintain the Presbyterian doctrine 
and polity as a sole form of religion of the country. Remember how I was talking about all the religious wars and shit that was going on? Mm-hmm. Well, these coventer, covententers, I don't know how to say it, uh, were Presbyterians. And they were going to live and die uh, for their beliefs. They should have come up with an easier name to say. Right? Coventen, covententer. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> I guess if you just say covenant and you throw an R on it, you're going to be fine. All right. Um, still hard to say. I'm not even going to try because we know how that's going to end. Right. Um, this is really, really sad to me, so I'm, I might take a, a, a low tone here. Um, tombs of the Covenanters were scattered around the Moors. Um, what happened, if if the proper authorities learned that a murdered Covenanter had been given a decent burial, their bodies were disinterred. And... Uh, they in, instead then were, um, uh, if they were disinterred, the corpse was hanged or beheaded. Ugh. And then they were thrown into a ditch. Oh, that's some Antigone shit. Right? That's some sucky dick shit. Yeah. Like, that's this horrible. person already died, most likely from religious persecution. And then your family got their hands on you, gave you a proper burial, and someone was that bad that they, like, took <sighs> you up and had to, like, fuck you up. It's fucked up. Um, in... Uh, 1707, a monument was erected at the Greyfriars Kirkyard in uh, Edinburgh, uh, near the open ground known as Covenanters Prison, where some 1,200 Covenanters were held captive. It gives a figure of 18,000 killed. What? 18,000. Between the period of 1661 to 1680. In 19 years? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. And so, anyway, I'm going to go back to George Mackenzie. That's more than they walled out, walled up for the plague. Dude, that's terrible. People are terrible. Disease and religion will do everything terrible to the human brain. Yep. Um, so let's go back to George Mackenzie, who is the most famous ghost of the Greyfriars Kirkyard. Before I explain what covenant covenanters were, he was responsible for the death of thousands. He was a judge. He was a, he was a barrister that decided all this shit. Yeah. So his body actually rests in Greyfriars Kirkyard. Um, it is a giant black, uh, mausoleum. Now it is said that this place is so extremely haunted that there have been 500 recorded incidents of poltergeists attacking people. Wow. Yeah. That this George McKenzie is that uh, big of a dickwad. I mean, people come out of there um, like on tours or people go in there and they get scratches. He's a physical Mm -hmm. apparition. Um, They get um, pushed physically. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see, uh, uh, shoved and hit, and some have been knocked straight to the ground. People believe that he is an extremely powerful ghost. So, there's that. Um, As in life. Right? Get it together, don't kill people. <sighs> I'm on my weirdo section. Okay. Of famous Scottish ghosts, in Great. case you're wondering. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> We have a weirdo called Thomas Weir. Thomas Weir lived an affluent life, and he was actually a very well-respected member of the community. Now, here's the weirdest thing that happened with Thomas Weir. Um, 
In his later years, he began to behave very strangely, and it became a shock to the entire city after he fell ill in 1670. He started to confess to a secret life. (laughs) And he confessed to bestiality, incest, and witchcraft. His sister also confessed to these crimes and claimed that her brother had once traveled in a phantom coach driven by a demonic driver. Huh. What forced them to uh, confess to this stuff? People, okay, so here's the thing. The authorities initially refused to believe him. (laughs) He was like, somebody just needs to hear my story. Mm Mm-hmm. They they didn't they didn't get it they didn't understand it um, right because he he was like unbelievable yeah it was so unbelievable um, usually it goes the opposite way someone calls you a witch and you're like I'm not in this case they were like what are you doing he's like look over here yeah hey guys hey guys here here's they, me with this goat look at what I'm doing to this goat all hail Baphomet no one really no <laughs> um, they, yeah they. <laughs> just couldn't believe it. He was a gentleman of society. He and his sister were totally like good people. And they don't know if it was because he fell sick and then became deranged or yeah. he had dementia or right. whatever. But like this, it came out of nowhere. Uh-huh. He seriously reported himself several times and people were like, cool. So it was a cry for help. Maybe. Maybe. Or um, he just wanted attention. Or he was... Anyway, well, uh, here's what I have. His continued confessions... Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, ...proved too much to ignore. And so Thomas Weir, on very, very limited evidence, was sentenced to death. Now, going back to our... Um, what? Well, going back... Remember our prison episode from a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago? Prison didn't mean prison now you just didn't go to prison for stuff right you would go to prison for like a couple days and then you would either have something happen to you or most of the time you'd be executed right so he went to prison had like a a dumb trial and he got executed Mm -hmm. probably nowadays there'd be like 85 missed trials and he would be considered insane in a ward of the court or whatever the fuck it was right but in this case i mean like you have a man who won't stop saying <laughs> it's not even like they need to have evidence and by the way we're in 1670 so this is a pretty easy right. time for people to be like like religiously hyperbolic he's saying he has a personal relationship with satan that he's diddling his sister and that he's um, committing bestiality so they're like i mean there's no proof of it but if he's saying it if he's saying it, if he's saying it so yeah well, anyway, um, years later, an elderly an elderly couple bought uh, his home towards the end of the 1700s. They reported that they were driven out in just one night because it was so demonic in there. So maybe there was some truth to this. All right. According to another couple, um, they encountered a series of uh, uh, apparitions as well. For many years, um, the house lay stagnant. And then for some crazy-ass reason, uh, they demolished the house. That makes sense. But for some crazy-ass reason, they put a Quaker meeting house on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) This should clear out all of those demons. Yes. And so (laughs) that uh, Quaker house, actually from its inception, uh, uh, basically reported paranormal activity. 
And some of the staff say that they see and hear the ghosts of Thomas Weir roaming the house as if it were it's his old home. Okay. So, interesting. I got uh, just a couple more winners and we're going to wrap it up. William Brody. Okay. Was... Billy Brody. Bill Brode. Billy Brody. Cougar. <laughs> Cougar. Always like to go to the Banshee Labyrinth. <laughs> um, but... Uh, William Brody, another well-respected member of society. He was head of the Edinburgh Incorporation of Wright and Masons. Okay. Um, and they repaired locks. Brody led a wicked secret life. Um, and this began when he uh, took his career to the next level and began copying keys to places he wasn't supposed to copy keys oh. to. Uh, and the place that he did that to was the bank. What? The bank. The bank? Yeah. Where my money is? Where your money is. Oh. Well, where it was. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've given you financial advice for years. Under the mattress, Noel. <laughs> Sorry, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Why do you keep involving yourself in banking and trying to get credit? I know. So dumb. Can't trust them. Um, Brody went in. Um, excuse me. Brody stole uh, several hundred pounds um, from a bank, which we he used to support his family, along with his, count them, one, two, three, four, five mistresses. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to give him a clap. I mean, I think he probably had the clap. <laughs> he totally did. He had something. Oh, my God. Five. Five. That's and a lot of work. That's a five and a wife. That's... Okay, I don't... That takes so much planning and coordination. Again, do not condone any of these behaviors. But, sir, if you're balancing those well, <laughs> nicely done. I mean... It's not good for any people, any person involved. Should probably hurt their feelings. There are some feelings that are hurt. They probably think they're monogamous with you. Probably. I doubt that William Brody was engaging in the, like, a uh, uh, highly modernistic theory of polygamy. No. Or polyamory, let's polyamory, say. Polyamory, yeah. No. Wow. Five. Five. They did That's... not know about each other, too, by the way. What? Yeah. How do them... you not? I don't know. There's not that many people in that town. Um. Well, they're, they're all at church at the same time. <laughs> he eventually was caught. Um. He was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. Okay. Uh, it said that. William Brody attempted to survive the hanging by utilizing the knowledge of his carpentry. <laughs> okay. And also bribing the hangman. So he just okay. uh, um, created like like a pulley system. Like a thing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like some sort of mechanism with the uh -huh. cahoots of the hangman to try to okay. get him to not hang. Right. Um, well, whoops. Didn't happen. Nope. He was hung. He had it coming. He had it coming. <laughs> he had it coming all along. Um, if you would have seen it. Sorry, guys. That must have been quite a surprise for him. I know. He must have been like, I'm getting... <laughs> Hold on now. Um, okay, well, uh, yeah, so he did not survive, and uh, his spirit soon began appearing in the area where uh, his workshop and family home had been. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, William Brody 
um, appears still to this day. Uh, and people say that when they encounter his spirit, that he's accompanied by a demonic fire breathing horse. What? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, get it. He's so popular. Dude, he's very get good. it. What's the deal with him? Charisma. Charisma. <laughs> I like the way you said Charisma. I mean, dude has five side pieces and a fire breathing horse. He's just like, yeah, what is him? Yeah, I kind of want to be him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when you want to be him and I want to be with him. <laughs> it shows our power dynamic. <laughs> Oh, fascinating. <laughs> I got one more for you. Okay. Um, Burke and Hare, the serial killers. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, between 1827 and 1829. By the way, Burke and Hare also sounds like an amazing salon. <laughs> it also <laughs> sounds... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a really good, like, 80s male pop duo. <laughs> like, Hall and Oates. Yeah, not true. <laughs> like, like, is that song by Hall and Oates or Burke and Hare? Is it Burke? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Burke. Same thing. Oh, no. Burke. Burke and Hare. Burke and Hare. <laughs> okay, there it is. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uptown Girl by Burke and Hare. That's a, that's a test, because that's by Billy Joel. I knew that. Okay. Uh, I meant private eyes. <laughs> Wait, didn't. that is by Burke and Hare. <laughs> As covered by uh, Hall and Oates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that clap went in the right place. Speaking of the clap, uh, William Brody probably had it. <laughs> probably. He probably had a few things. Oh, my God. It's getting to be that time of the night, ain't it? <laughs> Wrap it up. Run, we're wrapping <laughs> I promise you, we're wrapping. Uh, between 1827 and 1829, Edinburgh was home to two of the most famous body snatchers, William Burke and uh, oh. William Hare. Uh, during this time, the need for corpses uh, for anatomy research uh, was at its all-time high. In order to meet demand, the black market of body snatchers uh uh, had a roaring trade in buying and selling stolen human bodies. Oh. And these two MFers went hog on it. They didn't do the thing that other people were doing where they were just uh, uh, grave digging. They straight up just killed people. <laughs> hey, I got a body over here. Yep. So the rest of the Fresh weirdos. body. Yep. <laughs> the rest of the weirdos <laughs> were like, I mean... It's not a cool thing to do, but let's say it's better than what they were doing. The rest of the weirdos went to cemeteries and they were digging people Right, up. right. These guys straight up uh, stalked, killed, murdered 16 people. Ugh. Yep. They killed these people, sold them to Dr. Robert Knox at the University of Edinburgh for him to use for his anatomy lectures. The crimes caught up to them uh, when Burke was executed. Because Hare confessed against his friend. Okay. That's all that. That's all that. And that is it. That's all it. Right. He had it coming. He had it coming all along. If you'd have seen it. And that's and that's it. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, good. An hour and a half. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for letting me take you to the beautiful uh, world of Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm -hmm. If you have not been, please go. If you do go, please do take a ghost tour. I highly recommend. In general, it is a stunning, beautiful place. And everybody from Scotland, God damn it, you cannot understand them for anything. But they are the kindest people. <laughs> and yes. they can out-drink you. True. Yeah. Actually, the first time I was in Scotland, um, I, I, and I, I know people had been saying this, you know, time immemorial, but I remember being in Scotland and um, having the time of my life on the Isle of Skye. And in, in the morning, our breakfast was served with beer. Mm -hmm. And I was like doing that hungover person thing where I was basically dry heaving and gagging and I could not believe that they right. uh, would serve a beer with breakfast. And mm -hmm. they all were laughing uh, and they said, well, this is exactly what you do. This is hair of the dog. Mm -hmm. But that was the very, very first time I'd ever heard that. I had, oh. that, I had that beer and I felt great. Yeah. I had it coming. You did. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to a show called High Spirits. My name is Jay Stegman, and this here is my pal, Noelle Schmidt. Noelle, what you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight I'm drinking Charles and Charles Red Blend. Charles and Charles gets me drunk. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and I'm drinking all day IPA, and I promise you I have been drinking it all day. All day. Um, we'd like to thank everybody for listening to this show called High Spirits. Please check us out wherever you can. We are on the Facebook. We are on Gmail. We are on Instagram. We are on SoundCloud. Uh, and we are on iTunes. So go ahead. Hit us up on iTunes. Uh, rate us. Rank us. Uh, we are really happy to announce that January was the most trafficked month uh, for our program. So you're listening, um, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, um, Megan. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hey, <laughs> Megan Ensley, still listening? She's probably not. She's probably watching Real Housewives. She totally is. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> you've been listening to High Spirits, and my friend Noel has one last disgusting, gnarly thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. <laughs>